What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the queue. It is season seven, episode one, and we are back. Who missed hearing these episodes? Because I certainly know that I miss doing them. I really do. And like I said in the trailer, life has been happening, y'all. Okay, life is just this crazy thing that we get to experience that is always changing and and elevating us and and moving us in all different kinds of directions but we are back with podcast season seven welcome to the queue let's get into it okay so i chose today to come back to the podcast because it is the day of my people right today is juneteenth juneteenth y'all if y'all are celebrating you know, for the rest of the month, if y'all celebrating all month long, if y'all celebrating just for the weekend, like whatever y'all are doing for this holiday, do it up, okay? Do it up, turn up for the ancestors because this day is, is special, it, it really is. But, you, but the funny part is, this day commemorates something that kind of already was like it's 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 crazy if y'all if y'all have not read up on the history of Juneteenth and exactly you know where it came from and 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 what the significant is the significance is behind it I'm about to school y'all I'm about to school y'all so if you are ready to take this lesson get your notepads get your pens and get ready to hear this because it's very interesting. If you've never heard the story before, it's a very interesting thing. Okay, so we all know that slavery was, you know, the big, let's say, selling point, for lack of a better term, of the Civil War, right? Thing that everybody was fighting about. Now, lots of people like to say that slavery was not what we were fighting about in the Civil War. And, all right, rightfully so, it, it wasn't the only thing we were fighting about right but it was something we were fighting about so back then the southern states had tried to secede from the union and they formed their own little space called the confederacy right and so the civil war ended up being primarily between the north and the south regions of what is now known as the United States of America. So, the Emancipation Proclamation that then-President Abraham Lincoln um, signed was originally not designed for slavery to end. Um, It was designed to kind of basically negotiate that the South would come back into the Union so that we could be a unified country and at that time the north was you know going through like its industrial revolution kind of period and 
they needed the resources of the south which were mainly agricultural to be able to sustain that right so when you think about agriculture um you think about you know farms and food livestock all that stuff it's not just those things but that's like primarily what you think of when you hear the word agriculture and so if all of your food sources are coming from a region where you're fighting with the people there right they can clearly cut off your food supply and you know cause all kinds of havoc um so the idea there was to have enough concessions between the north and the south that the south would want to rejoin the union the problem with that is that of course you know everyone knew that slavery was this big issue and but nobody wanted to touch it so the idea was that the unionists of the north and the abolitionists were like we're not going to agree to this unless you include something here about slavery because slavery does need to end and we need a way to get rid of that because this is kind of what started a lot of the fighting in the first place or it's one of the things that started a lot of the fighting in the first place right so you know old lincoln conceded right and put put this in here so <clears throat> it was almost like a i don't want to say a, a punishment but more or less it was um so as per good old wikipedia what wikipedia says is that abe kind of said to the confederacy that you know if you don't stop this fighting i'm gonna free all your slaves basically um and you know clearly <laughs> they didn't want to stop fighting so you know abe was like all right all your slaves are now free you have no more workforce you know you're through as a region pretty much so you know, the the idea behind this is that it is, one, it was a punishment for them even daring to start a civil war to begin with. But all that aside about why it happened, right, let's talk about what Juneteenth actually represents. So, the... Union put out, not sure exactly what it was, but there was something that was, there was some sort of statement, I guess, that Abe made in September of 1862, and which, which is what I referenced before, where he was kind of just like, look, if you don't stop this fighting, I'm gonna free all your slaves at the beginning of the next year. Clearly, they didn't stop the fighting in January 1st. 1863 is when the Emancipation Proclamation was issued. What it was supposed to do was free the enslaved people in Texas and all the rebellious parts of Southern secessionist states of the Confederacy. So, 
enforcement of this proclamation, right? Because back then they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have billboards, they didn't have email, fax, all that stuff. So you couldn't just plaster up somewhere, hey, all slaves are now free, right? They had to wait until all the Union troops kind of moved through the country and was like, hey, free your slaves kind of thing. So Texas, being the most being the most remote state of the former confederacy according to wikipedia didn't have as much union occupation um as other southern states so things traveled a little bit slower down there um and if you've seen texas it's a big state you got a lot of ground to cover right i mean of course texas back then wasn't what texas is today but Assuming you had a lot of ground to cover, right? And you're traveling by horse or you're traveling on foot. It's going to take you a minute anyway. So, here we go. Now, because politically speaking, right, you would think this was a good thing, right? Yay, the North won, slavery gone, woo, right? But that that's not how it happened either. So, although the Emancipation Proclamation declared an end to slavery in the Confederate states, think Southern region, it didn't end slavery in states that remained in the Union. So, even though, right, the whole point of this was to get rid of slavery, it was still there. Because again, the benefits of slave labor across the board were unfortunately you know widely recognized meaning that when you create a system that all of your anything really a resource or many resources is based off of slave labor and then you get rid of your labor force you don't have people to create the things that you want right you can't, your resources are then non-sustainable. Um, so according to Wikipedia here, it says that slavery remained legal in two of the Union border states, the two states being Delaware and Kentucky, which no shade to anybody from them states, but that makes a lot of sense. Like, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe not so much in Delaware, but definitely in Kentucky. Like, if you've ever been to Kentucky, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been to Kentucky, and it's, 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 it's not, I mean, it's a beautiful state, it really is, the part that I was in was really nice, but, I don't know, you know how you just go to certain places, and you just, you feel unwelcome, you may not have even ever, like, had a, a bad interaction, or, like, a, a bad experience, but you just, you just feel that is different I mean I've had plenty of those situations right here in PA but that's a conversation for a different time anyways so here we go when the Union troops finally reached Galveston Texas two years later two so reminder the Emancipation Proclamation was issued 1863 Union troops did not get to Galveston until 1865. So, for those two years, people who were already free were still under the assumption that they were not. Now, 
<clears throat> Let us flash back to Kanye's nice little statement that he made however long ago that slavery was a choice. Now, one could take this statement and be all kinds of upset, right? And, and be all kinds of confused and angry and what do you mean slavery was a choice, right? Which is what which is what happened, right? He got a lot of backlash for that. But again, you know, it's when you really think about the context of certain things, right? One could say that slavery of any kind is a mindset, right? One could say that. Whether or not it makes sense is something else. But, um, it's, it's one of those things where you have to be really, uh, I don't, I don't even really know what the word would be here. But here's the thing. So, even if slavery was a mindset, right, you... You know, you, you put you put a bird in a gold cage, and you know you let the bird come out every so often, but you always put it back in the cage, right? It doesn't matter that the bird has certain freedoms; the bird is still a prisoner, right? And that is how many slave owners kind of treated their slaves. Some of them were very generous, and I use that term very loosely. Some of them were very generous with their slaves, right? But ultimately, they were still considered property. They were still considered, you know, owned things who had no rights, who had no, you know, autonomy. And they did not have any individuality. Anything that was tied to them was, by retrospect, tied to their owner. And they were thought of as a representation of their owner. So this idea that slavery went away was so revolutionary because it offered enslaved people a piece of identity that they had never had before. And maybe not that they never had it before, but when it was available to them, it was taken away very quickly and in, and in very particular ways. So, 1865, right? Union troops find their way to Galveston, Texas, and they basically force any remaining Confederacy members to free their slaves. Now, again, reminder, slavery still existed in Delaware and Kentucky at this time. Those slaves were not freed until the 13th Amendment, which abolished a different kind of slavery. Now, again, this was also in 1865, but it was a couple of months later. And the last of, like, any enslaved people... At, in the United States at the time were freed the following year. So it's like the this idea of ownership of people, right, is, it's not new, number one. 
and it's not I don't quite know what the word is that I'm trying to get at here but the gist of it is Juneteenth is important because it marks the day that people were given the freedom that they technically already had and if you really think about those words it really you 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 see a different perspective you are looking at a different way of self-preservation that the confederacy tried to take on right if you know that laws are going to be created to say that your way of life is no longer the standard right you're going to do everything possible to try to hold on to that standard of life now when you add in the context of racism you create a whole nother conundrum because all of these people who live their life owning controlling and killing other people are now being told you don't get to do that anymore and the anger that i can imagine that confederacy members held for the union after being told you don't get to use other people as your pawns anymore the idea here is that history is more or less repeating itself right all throughout history we have seen many examples of how white people i'm just i'm just gonna be real with it how white people have been you know od mad for being told that they cannot continue their lifestyle of degradation of humiliation of genocide of all of these different things right against non-white people um and even that is an understatement because most of the people who would now be considered white were also once discriminated against and they needed a way to clearly identify the other group of people right so which which you can clearly see at that point in time in history that it became about skin color it became about you know strictly the physical appearance of someone and how they were different right because irish americans and italian americans and all of these other groups of people who you know also migrated to the united states and you know tried to make a life here they were discriminated against as well but the minute that white people discovered that they needed a way to delineate you know quote unquote good and bad people they were all too eager to integrate all of these other people into whiteness just to single out people of color um 
which which is the other thing that I don't understand is that some people really get on their high horse about I'm white, I'm European, I'm this, I'm that, right? Or I'm not white, I'm European, I'm this, I'm that, and, and it's like yeah, but you're 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 part of it. Like you may not have wanted to be part of it, but you are. And and the biggest question that is always asked every year around this time by white people is why should we, meaning white people of today, have to apologize for what our potential ancestors did? And I say potential because not all white people of today had ancestors who were slave owners or, you know, doing those types of things. But the sentiment still remains. It is The question is asked, we should not have to pay for the sins of our ancestors so why are we you know why are we getting attacked right and it's not even about that it's not about the fact whether you it's not whether or not your ancestors did or did not own slaves what the problem is is that the system that was built was built and designed to benefit people like you and to disadvantage people like me and so the the question should not be why are we having to pay for their sins right the question should be how can i advance you how can i bring you up to our level so that you are no longer at a disadvantage which then brings into the conversation the ideas and concepts of equality right what is that what does that mean for someone to be equal right well let's see <laughs> everyone should be able to you know use the same bathroom and drink from the same water fountain okay equal everybody can do the same things everybody has the same opportunities right but that argument's kind of moot because they've used that and i use they to mean white people that has been used before as a well they have the same opportunities as as we do we can't help if they don't utilize them right so then that calls into question is equal really equal and 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 then you get the concept of equity that enters the room right and and that says that everybody gets the same opportunity but it is based upon like their need so a lot of memes have been created to illustrate this concept in a simple manner and one of the illustrations is of two children watching a baseball game through a fence right or the other common one is like um two children picking apples off of a tree and the you can see that the tree is uneven on one side um and you can see in the the other example that the gate that the children are looking through one side of the gate is the metal gate that has like the holes in it where you can just look right through the other side of the gate is like it's like a wooden fence that's like kind of high different things right um so if we're gonna i'm gonna stick with the tree analogy because it's probably easier to understand so in the tree analogy you can see that the tree is uneven on one side and so there's a kid on the ground flat on the ground who that side of the tree is upright and so they can just reach up and grab an apple right and that is supposed to signify that there there is a group of people in this world who just has direct access to things they don't have to you know 
climb over any barriers. They don't have any walls put up in front of them. They're just able to reach out and access certain things in this life. The other side of the tree is lopsided. And so that side of the tree is a little bit higher off of the ground. So the kid on that side of the tree has to use a ladder, right? Or he's got to get on boxes or something, right? And so the idea here is that equal, right? You can see that the, the original, the original stance of both children is unequal, right? Now, equal would mean that both children have the same opportunity to reach the tree. So what that means is that, okay, the kid on the lopsided side of the tree has a ladder. So equal means that the kid on the ground also gets a ladder. But the problem with that is that equal does not mean that both kids have access to the same thing still. What it means is that the kid that, was, that had direct access now has more access because you gave them a ladder. Whereas the kid on the other side had to get on the ladder to even get the, direct, the same direct access that the kid on the ground already had. Now he has the same level of access as well. That's equity. Where everybody gets what they need in reference to the lack that they have. If you have no lack, you don't get anything additional. The new concept, I don't remember the name of it exactly, but I think it's a derivative of social justice, where you, so remember in the original, in the original concept, the tree is lopsided. In this social justice option, you fix the tree. Mind-blowing. Right? Mind-blowing. Most resources are made to assist. They're made to support. They're made to supplement. Right? But if you fix the root of the problem, you don't even need supports. Right? Because now the, the base of what you're working from is working more efficiently to provide everybody with the same level of access because it's not lopsided to begin with. Revolutionary idea. Revolutionary idea to take that one step further and go, oh, we can come to a place where we don't need to keep giving out supplements. We can just fix the problem, right? It's like... Mm. It's almost like it's almost like an allergy, right? Most people with allergies, you take pills. What do pills do? They're symptom management, right? And most of the time, right? The pills help you as long as you take them. But, right? If you found a way to isolate whatever it is that gives you an allergy and you fix that, then no one has to deal with allergies anymore, right? Makes sense. And the fact that it took this long for someone to even take 
that concept a step further and go, why don't we just fix the tree? Is very, very discouraging. Because why did it take this long for someone to go, let's fix the tree? Or even in the other example with the fence, take the fence down. Then no one has any barriers to doing what they need to do. Right? It's crazy. It is mind-blowing that this seems like a new concept to people. That like like starting from scratch it's basically a starting from scratch concept where it's just like okay you build a house but your foundation is uneven what do you do well either you keep building your house on uneven foundation and you get all kinds of cracks and things and problems with your home and now your home is sinking and all this other stuff right or you tear the house down and you start over and you fix the foundation you fill in the cracks or you just build a new one right it's not rocket science and it's not new the idea itself is not new maybe the presentation of it is newer to the people of today but the idea itself is not new at all right it's (laughs) it's just I, i don't know it's just it's this thing that is so it's so interesting to me to see how the world works and the things that people find innovative that are not, right? Like, when you're, when you're doing certain things, right, one of the things that people say is don't try to reinvent the wheel. And I feel like that's what happened here. I feel like somebody tried to reinvent the wheel, but they did it in a way where people thought it was reinventing the wheel, and it's like, no. This, this this concept is not brand new. This this is not some, you know, earth-shattering idea that you, you fix the problem, not the symptoms. Um But you know, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's also a time thing, you know, because a, a lots of things that happen in history, people had to have been ready for them to happen. And I think a lot of times in history people are not ready for things to happen and so they push against them and they push against them again and again and again until they are ready for the change that needs to be made but you know that's that's just how the cookie crumbles I guess sometimes but yeah so so that is that is my little spiel for today don't reinvent the wheel use what you know use what you got and and get to the root of the problem whatever that may be fix the problem not the symptoms right it's like medicine 101 if you know anything about medicine or like medical science which again that's a different conversation because big pharma does not run off of that model but anyways like the the takeaway here is that juneteenth is a day for people of color by people of color in the same way that governments and corporations and 
all of these people try to rainbow wash things. Um, shout out to my pride queer folks. Happy pride to all of you guys as well. But the same way that they do that with rainbow washing, they've been doing that with Juneteenth now. This is the second year that Juneteenth has been an official federal holiday, and they've gotten more crazy with, you know, Juneteenth party supplies and Juneteenth this and Juneteenth that. And it's like, mm, that's not what we asked for. Nobody asked for that. What we asked for was reparations. What we asked for is sustainable funding for HBCUs. What we asked for is stop fucking killing us. Like, nobody asked for you to make an entire Juneteenth clothing line. Nobody cares. Like, there's plenty of black creators and merchants who have been doing that. And been making, you know, celebratory clothing for all of our different events. We don't need somebody else doing it. We need to be supporting the people who are already doing this work and acknowledging that white people have benefited off the backs of black people since the beginning of time and things need to change. We need to fix the root of the problem, which is to dismantle the system. But nobody wants to do that because that takes too much work that requires, you know, almost a breaking of being for the powers that be, right? Because their whole worldview would collapse. Everything that they knew, everything that they believe, even if they don't believe it, the the backbone of their belief is built off of it. What they were taught by their parents and their parents and their parents is built on this idea that there is a superior group of people and everyone else is supposed to be subservient. And therein lies the problem. Because we are all one people. We may all be different denominations, different variations different backgrounds, different walks of life, different lifestyles, you name it. But we are all one people. And the sooner we realize that we really do need to start taking care of each other, the better. But people are so focused on how different we all are that they miss the point that our differences is how we connect. Our differences are how we appreciate one another. Because when everything is the same, when there's no variety, what kind of a life is that? What kind of a life is that where everything is the same all the time? It's not a life. It's not a life. So I say that to say, for all y'all who celebrated Juneteenth, like I said before, do it up. Turn up for the ancestors, because we deserve it. We deserve it, and our voices will not be left on red. They will not be silenced anymore. 
and we will be heard. We will be heard. And, you know, people of color have been enslaved for centuries. Centuries. And the fact that we are still fighting for freedom in any sense. It's a sad day. It's a sad day to know that we still have to fight for freedom in any sense. But here we are. Coming out strong. Heads held high. And we ain't gonna let none turn us around. We won't. So, for anybody who didn't celebrate, and you're listening to this episode, happy Juneteenth to you. I personally did not do anything, and I'm okay with that. Because for all the fighting that we do, sometimes it's good to just rest, to take a break, to stop being the person that's always, you know, doing the hard thing. Cause some it's it's hard being a bigger person. It really is. And sometimes you just you just gotta know when to sit down. And let other people do their work. And maybe your work at that moment is to relax. And to not stress yourself out about stuff that's not gonna change overnight. Right? You do what you can. You take the steps you need to take. But also self care. That's part of the work too. You know. Knowing when to take care of yourself, knowing when to tap out, knowing when to tag in, you know, the tag team, a partner or another group or something like that. You got to you got to know when to take care of yourself, too, because if you don't take care of yourself. How can you fight? How can you keep moving us forward and pushing us into new ground if you're getting tired yourself? So that's what I'm going to leave you all with. If you've been doing the most, try resting. Try just doing you for a little bit. The fight is always going to be there. And we're always going to need people. But we're going to need strong people. And we're going to need people who have stamina, who have endurance, who can go the distance. And if you're tired and you're burnt out, you're not going to be of any use to yourself, let alone the cause. So take care of yourself, take care of your families, whatever you need to do. As the great Malcolm X said, by any means. And I hope that this Juneteenth was eye-opening for you. I hope it was restorative. I hope it was spiritual. Whatever you needed it to be, I hope that it was that for you. And for all of my white people who still don't know where you fit into this, maybe you want to help, maybe you want to advance the cause, but you're not sure what to do. Ask yourself this question. What am I doing to advance the position and increase the elevation of people of color around me? Am I putting their names into conversations where they're being left out? Am I bringing them into rooms that they would otherwise be left out of? Am I supporting black businesses? 
am I telling my people of color friends how much I appreciate them, how much I appreciate their perspective, how much I understand that their struggle is something I will never understand. There's so many things that you can be doing. It's not just about money. It's not just about reparations. Those would be nice. Don't get me wrong. But it's not just about that. You can do so much more as an ally to the cause. Just seek it out. Just seek it out. Do your own research. Educate yourself. And just ask where you're needed. And you will be told. Trust me. You will most certainly be told. But ask where you're needed. And don't assume anything either. Don't assume that we, as people of color, need you as a white person to uplift us. We don't. We got this. We've been doing this for quite some time now. It would be helpful because you guys have platforms that we don't have access to sometimes. But don't make it a charity thing. Don't make it seem like without your help we would be so lost. Because we won't. We haven't been. We've been doing our own damn thing since the beginning of time. But if you were going to help, be respectful about it. That's all I'm saying. Be respectful. And on that note, I will leave y'all to ponder the wonder of Juneteenth. And the many ways that black people and other people of color have contributed to this country. I hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. And as always, I'll catch y'all next week. Hold on. If you're a Spotify listener, go engage with the podcast in a different way and answer the question that I put in the community section. The question is, what's one thing that you have done to uplift and advance people of color? Happy answering. It may get featured on the next episode.